so I just told my little story here to Sam and Carrie already knew about it. Mm. Uh, we took a pee break and now we're back. So through, through all of this stuff that I told you, like I said, Carrie had been around and I had been recommending him to do things and try things out and stuff like that. DMT being one thing, doing this DNA test being another, just to find out a little background on who you are and where you come from. And, you know, maybe it could be entertaining or insightful or whatever. So with Carrie, he ended up doing the test. Uh, I think now two years ago, you did that test. I think it was, yeah, about two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Like 2016, I think. And take us, take us through that. So Same you end situation. Up it's, it's, let me say this. It's, it's funny. Like Joe, what Joe was saying, him and I have known each other for well over a decade, right? Maybe like 14 years or something like that, whatever yeah. it's been. Um, and it's funny, him and I have quite a few parallels that run or whatever. And it's funny how this whole thing kind of kind of panned out. So yeah, Joe had, I, I had been thinking about doing the DNA thing and I, you know, I just, Never got around to it because it's, you know, whatever. But then Joe did it and, and he was telling me about, you know, telling me about it and it's and it seemed really interesting. So I said, all right, you know what, I'm gonna get it. So I, I bought the kit for, for myself and, and my girlfriend. And then we went out to California where her family is and we did the test there because we had her brother do it. It's better to have a male do it because female, you only get one side of the story, right? right? Because we have both chromosomes, right? So we did it and uh, sent it out and she got, she got her results or the bro her brother got the her, uh, his results fairly quick. I would say within a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, something like that. For a month, I didn't hear anything. Then maybe five weeks into it, um, I got an email saying that the results were inconclusive or something and that they were retesting. And on the mm. website, it shows you like kind of the status of where it's at. So they were redoing it, I guess, or whatever. And then finally, like maybe almost two months later, I finally got, got my results. Mm. And so I grew up, uh, my mother was Jewish, my father's Italian. Um, it's always been my identity. I'm an Italian Jew from Brooklyn, mm. typical. Um, and that was that. So when I got the, the DNA results uh, back, 23andMe is really interesting. The, the site, it gives you so much fucking information. They also send you a stack of paper that's like, it's a lot to go through when you get this information. This is an insane amount of information. Um, but when I was looking through, uh, through the results, something that I, had, I was surprised by was that I did not have any Italian DNA in me. at really? zero. Wow. So I was like, that's weird. But I had... And he has an Italian last name. Yeah, my, I have an Italian last name. My father's, my father's family's from Sicily. Yeah. They were all very fucking Italian. Wow. Very fucking Sicilian um, or whatever. But then, you know, I saw that and I had, I had a bit of a percentage. I think it was maybe like 11% or 12% uh, Balkan. So I thought, you know what? The Balkan region's near, near Italy. Maybe at some point my family came to the Balkan region. They went over to Italy and... They just kind of settled there and maybe that that was it yeah. you know didn't really make too much sense but that was all i could figure from it 
And this is 2016 when you got the results. This was, yeah, in 2016. Um, and that was it. I, I went through the site a bit here and there. I, I took a couple of the surveys and you would get, you get hit up. Uh, you can opt into being contacted by DNA relatives or whatever, which I did um, and all of that. And, I, and you would get these things where it would tell you, oh, you know, you have a new DNA relative and it would be a, a third cousin, a fourth cousin, maybe a second cousin at best. Um, and that was it. Nothing really ever came in. And then I just kind of forgot about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And similar to what Joe was saying is I would just keep getting these emails from 23andMe like, oh, check out this new thing or whatever. It was just like kind of junk mail from 23andMe that I would always just ignore and delete. Again, parallels to Joe where I end up getting an email from them, which I, I'm about to delete. And, but I noticed, I, not, I looked at it and it said, you have a message from a relative. And I was like, oh, okay, let me see what this is. So I open it up and it was a woman contacting me, first cousin. When did you get this? This was this, was this year. This was uh, in June. In June, June uh, 9th, I think it was, of this year. So after, so, so he ends up getting contacted. After, this is after I already found out about my whole situation. Yeah. It was maybe two months after. Yeah, so you, I, I found out at the end of April and then... He's finding he wow. someone contacted him in June. Okay. Yeah. So two months after. Wow. And so this woman contacts me. Hey, we're first. Looks like we're first cousins. Um, do you have any body with this last name in your family or this or do you know this person? I was like, no. And we just had a bit of back and forth through the messaging uh, section of the website, back and forth. That kind of just ended up leading nowhere. Couldn't really figure it out. And that was that. It kind of just fizzled out, and that was the end of it. But you saw that the connection was paternal? Uh, From your father's side? No. You couldn't tell? No, I think I didn't even look into it that far. I just went through the messages with her, and that was it. Oh, she you said know? you're related, and you said you don't know. Yeah, and you know, we were asking a couple of questions, and it just seemed like, mm, I don't know where this is going. Okay, it didn't seem to go anywhere. We, we didn't know any people in common. Any mm. family names didn't line up. None of that. So, uh, actually I'm wrong. I got that message. It was, it was before June. It was, it was, uh, it was in May, the beginning of May. I got that message. Flash forward to June, June 8th or 9th, something like that. I get contacted again through, through 23andMe from a different first cousin. Same last name as the, as the other one that, that hit me up. She's asking me the same questions. Do you, have, do you know anybody with this last name, that last name? No. And then um, she asked me, was your mother's name Harriet by any chance? I said, yeah, that was my mother's name. Yeah. So she's like, oh, okay. And she asked me a few other questions, this and that. And she's like, um, she's like okay, I, I, I think I maybe know the connection. You know, let me, let me ask my family some questions and I'll get back to you, whatever. Okay. Going to bed that night, I was telling my girl, I was like, I, I, I feel like I'm going to hear something crazy tomorrow from, the, from these people. You yeah. know, I just have this feeling that, you know, this is going to be like a bugged out situation. And then my girl's trying to hypothesize of what it can be. Well, maybe you're adopted. Maybe this. Maybe I was like, I don't know, whatever. We'll see. Next day rolls around. She ends up contacting me again and says, 
Oh, actually, before she even contacted me, I was actually on the site the next day, and I started looking into her DNA profile, and I saw that her and this first cousin, this other first cousin that hit me up the first time, they're half-sisters. So I was like, okay. And while I'm looking at this, she ends up messaging me. And she's like, she's like hey, I, figured, I found some things out. Um, I have some news um, if you'd like me to share with you. And I said, yeah, of course. And she's like, uh, can I email you instead? Because the messaging on the thing sucks. On the, on the site is terrible. She's like, can I email you? I said, here's my number. If you want to call me, call me. If you want to text me, if texting is easier, send me a text. She's like, okay, I'm going to text you. So she texts me. How old is she? She is uh, 38. Okay. 38. So she's of the texting generation. Yeah, she knows what's up. <laughs> so, she, uh, so she starts texting me. And she's like, hey, I'm going to add my sister to this, uh, to, this, to this group text. Is that cool? I said, yeah, of course. Yeah. So now I'm on a group text with these two first cousins. Um, the other one, the first one that hit me up, she is, uh, 40. I think she was, she was a little bit older than the other one. We're in this group text and she says to me, she says, um, Hey, so I have this information. I have some information. Um, before I, before I tell you, um, I just want to make sure that you understand that this is kind of sensitive information. Um, it might not be something you want to know or whatever, you know, are you sure you want to know what I, I was like, well, obviously he's saying this to me. Yeah. I want to know. Yeah. And I said to her, I said, look, I'm very open hearted about things. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm open to, to whatever this might be. Um, or whatever. So she's like, okay, this is what it is. And before I get into that, I'll tell you this. So, uh, everybody on my mother's side of my family is gone. Um, they're all passed. Yeah. Um, my father died when I was 13. My mother died, uh, in 2010. Uh, her, all of her siblings have passed. Um, I don't have any cousins. I have one cousin who is, who's a kid. He's 16 from that side of the family. And that's it. I have no other living, uh, relatives as far as I know from my mother's side of the family. Um, you know, that's around. Uh, my father's side of the family, I don't have any relationship with them. Um, so really, I don't have any blood family around me at yeah. all. Um, other than my, my younger cousin, who I do have a, a relationship with. Um, and his mother, who is not blood. Uh, so with that being said, so now she tells me, okay, we believe that our Uncle Bobby is your biological father. Now, I'm like, okay, I already knew who my biological father was. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, what are you talking about? So essentially, she tells me the whole story of what's going on. My mother had um, an ongoing relationship with their Uncle Bobby uh, for over a decade. Wow. Now. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. So my mother's from East New York. Uh, this uncle Bobby is from, uh, Marine park, um, or mill basin, that area, uh, deep in uh, South Brooklyn. And, uh, so she tells me, she tells me this and I'm very confused by this. I'm like, yeah. okay. So then she tells me the story of my mother had an, on, an ongoing relationship with this guy for over a decade. He was married. 
He ended up married at some point, had two kids, um, or whatever, but was still having an affair with my mother on and off. Okay. I guess during an off point, my mother ended up getting together with my father. Mm. Um, they ended up getting married. And my father uh, was always in and out of hospitals. My father had a bad heart. Okay. He had four heart attacks, open heart surgery, all of that. So at some point, he had, had a heart attack, was in the hospital for quite some time recovering, then was back home recovering, and was not sexually active. However, my mother became pregnant. Spot blown. Yeah. Right? So uh, she was pregnant with Uncle Bobby's kid. Wow. Obviously, my father knew it wasn't his kid. Everybody knew this, right? Yeah. Um, but my father... Holy shit. Wow. So when, when my mother became pregnant, her and Uncle Bobby decided to end things, to break it off. That was it. So they did. My father decided to, to stay and to raise me as, as his own kid. Um, this was a family secret. Wow. I Holy never had shit. any inkling of this. I had no fucking clue. Wow. I didn't know this at all. Damn. Okay, so I end up finding out. So now while I'm speaking to them, uh, they ask me, or one of them asked me, she's like, I'm really sorry, but I would love to know what you look like. Could you send could you send us a picture? Yeah. I said, yeah, sure. So I sent them a couple of pictures of myself. And they both reply at the same time, the same thing. Oh my God. And they're like, I'm and one of them said, I'm sorry, but you look exactly like Uncle Bobby. This is crazy. Wow. While you're talking, pull out that picture of your father and show him for Yo, reaction. So Ooh, they end up so sending me a couple of pictures of themselves. Wow. Holy shit. And there, is, and there is a bit of a resemblance between us even. Um, but then they're like, hold on. Um, one of them was like, I'm trying to get some pictures of Bobby to send you. So they end up getting some pictures together. Um, this is going to be buried a little deep here. You got to make a folder on your phone <laughs> with all of this shit because you, I you, have them you on tell people this story like me. I've told my fucking story a bunch of times. Here, I, I got said, it. I you got know it. what? I got to record it. Make a folder. <laughs> so here, I'm going to show you. So here's a picture. One of the pictures I sent them of me. There's another one that I sent of yeah. me. And that's when they say, you can see here. Oh, my God. Wow. Right. Holy shit. So this is one of my cousins. This is the older one. Just a little bit of a resemblance. Same eyes. Right? Mm -hmm. Here's uh, uh, the other one sent me a photo at some point. I don't know where. But um, so they ended, this is the first picture that they sent me. So this is my father as a kid. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. There's a bit of a resemblance even yeah, there, I, I think. Yeah, in the, in the yeah, face. There's some resemblance in the face. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, then they, they end up sending me more photos of him when he's a kid. Here's a photo of <laughs> a driver's license. When he's a little bit older, probably a bit younger than I am now. Yeah, wow. But there is quite yeah. a resemblance yeah, here. Holy shit. So they end wow. up sending me quite a few photos of this guy. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, that's wild. <laughs> that's a little wild motherfucker, huh? Wild motherfucker. Damn. So that's crazy. He dude. was a wild dude. Woo! That's a crazy story. Rode motorcycles. Damn. Uh, was it was uh, quite a tinkerer, which I am as well. Um, everybody, every all of his brothers and everything were either carpenters, plumbers, electricians, or whatever. Um, stuff like that, um, which I am as well. You know, I like to tinker with shit and, and all of that. So wow. But anyway, so. They're sending me these photos, and it, it was a lot to, you know, to tell you the truth, when I was first sent this, when, when this was first going, going on, and I'm getting these messages, and they're sending me the pictures or whatever, I just didn't even know how to take it. Yeah. Like, I was not really, I can't say that I was in shock or anything like that. I was just like, holy shit, this is fucking, it, it felt kind of like somebody else was telling me a story that's happening to them. Like, it just seemed like, this is fucking insane. It's not, this isn't real. I mean, I wasn't in denial about it, but I was just like, you know, this is so out of the fucking left field. Who is expecting this to all of a sudden find out that your father that you've known as your father your whole life was not really your father. Unlike Joe's story, Joe was actively looking for his father. He knew he didn't know who his father was. I didn't know I didn't know who my father was. That is So, you know, it it was, it was, you know. A pretty crazy uh, bundle of news to get. I end up finding out that he had so he had the two kids from his first marriage, which ended up ending shortly after uh, my mother became half pregnant. Siblings, half siblings, um, and then he ended up remarrying two other times in total, having eight kids. So wow. I have eight half siblings out there. Damn. Um, he he he's still alive really he's still alive how old is he now he is uh 80 uh something 84 i think or something like that 84 i believe um he is in the early stages of dementia okay um but he they told me he has still an amazing memory um um but his short-term memory is not the greatest but long-term memory is, is is great um, or whatever. So they also told me that they contacted him and told him that they found me. And the first thing he asked was about my mother. And he said that he was very much in love with my mother and still to this day love is in love with my mother and still thinks about her all the time. And, you know, he asked, can I write her a letter? At this point, I didn't tell them that my mother had passed yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, but then after they told me that, I, I or asked me that, I, I did. Um, so I'm getting all of this news. This is all crazy to me. And the unfortunate thing is, like I said, I have no living family to speak to about this or, or anything to, to, you know, seek any kind of, you know, um, you know, comfort and in, 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 in sharing this and, and, and getting even further answers from my mother's side of things, because clearly my whole family on her side obviously knew this um, and kept it a secret. And, uh, you know, now I have nobody to speak to about yeah. it. So it, it, it was, I had started to become very frustrated um, with that not angry, but just frustrated that I couldn't communicate that with somebody in my yeah, family yeah. because I had no family yeah. to, I have no family to communicate it to. Um, 
but they told they they told me more about him. He, he like I said, he was he was a mechanic uh, um, or whatever. He's blind. If you could see in that in that photo with the gun, one of his eyes he has a dead eye. Um, he was working on something. A ball bearing shot up and went through his eye into his brain. Whoa! Blind. So after that, he was blind in one eye. Um, and just an interesting dude. Just uh, you know, wild dude. Yeah. Um, motorcycle rider. Um, they said he always had a way with the ladies, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, that uh, he's living in a nursing home now, um, and that even when he first got to the nursing home, he's flirting with all the nurses and stuff like that. In Florida. In Florida, oh, he lives okay. in. Uh, you say in Boca Dayton? Raton? No, Daytona Beach, Florida. All right. Um, wow. Holy shit. Really crazy. So um, yeah, I find all this stuff out, and I obviously said, you know, would I be able to speak to, with him? You know, I, I would love to speak with him. And they, sure, yeah, okay, let 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 us talk to him first and, and whatever. And I didn't hear from him for a few days. And then I said, you know what, I'll, I'll, let me give it some time, give him some space or whatever. And I waited a couple of weeks, didn't hear anything, so I contacted them back. And uh, it just seemed like he was very apprehensive about speaking to me. And they told me they think that she... The, one of the cousins that I'm mostly communicating with believes that he thinks that I'm going to be very angry with him mm. and maybe start yelling at him or yeah. being like, what the fuck or whatever. I assured her, listen, that's not the case. I, you know, I don't have any anger towards it. I, all of this is past. You know, everybody's gone in my life, uh, family-wise, um, and I, I'm very open to having some sort of relationship with him and, and with the rest of the family, to whatever degree anybody's comfortable with. You know, um, I have been for quite a few years now alone, as far as family goes. Um, and if it ended up staying that way because of, you know, something on there, I'm fine with that. I accept that. If they want to pursue something, I, I accept that as well. And I'm open to that as well. Um, but it was taking him quite some time to accept this yeah. and he still I still haven't spoken to him oh wow okay um interestingly enough um just the way the universe works while we're here today recording I get a text message from my cousin it says hey I have some news for you um do you want to hear it now we were already recording earlier the other episode so I didn't want to be on the phone so I said can you is it okay for you to text it to me and she's like yeah, no problem. She's like, it's nothing scary or crazy or anything like that. It's just very interesting and you might be excited to hear it. Wow. wow. Okay. Holy shit. She's like, so, um, she's very, she's very straightforward. She just spills it out there. She's like, you have a full sister. You didn't what? know about this, obviously. What? A full sister? Your mom had two kids? While we're doing this podcast right I now. I just found this what? out. We were sitting here before when we were taking a break. He said, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yo, mazel tov, brother. <laughs> So what what does this mean? What's the details here? I'm telling you. Can you read it out loud? What? This is crazy. I can. Crazy. Damn. I need to sit down. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, this is fucking. Yeah. Shit. So we're in the flow, guys. Um, we're in the flow. So she texts me. She goes, Carrie. What time my... did she text this to you? Uh, seven forty p.m. Carrie. Oh my God! I have to talk to you. 
I said, I'm not really able to speak on the phone tonight. Is it possible to talk through text? She said, yes, of course. Um, I could text you another time, but it's definitely not important or time sensitive. I said, it's fine. Um, you, could, you could send it to me now. It's fine. She goes, uh, are you ready? LOL. I said, very ready. She goes, you have a full-blooded sister. Just lays it on wow. the table. Holy shit. She goes, it feels so weird dropping news like that on someone just so you know, LOL. I said, what? Tell me more. She goes, she's older, was born in 1963. I said, okay. She goes, uh, I know it's so awkward saying something like that. So my Uncle Bobby had a daughter with your mom before you. She freaked, freaked out and allowed a really nice Jewish family to adopt her. And then my Uncle Bobby had you with your mom, so you have an actual full sister. Wow. She lives in Israel now. Her son Adam has been messaging me on Ancestry, trying to figure out who his mom's uh, bi biological family is. Uh, that's the one I texted you about uh, recently. So she had hit me up a couple of weeks ago asking if my mother ever went by this other last name. And I had never heard this name before. So I said, not to my knowledge, I, you know, but obviously you never fucking know what's going on. So she goes on to say, um, she wrote Harriet Jacobs on the paperwork for adoption. I guess she was scared of using her real name. I said, wow. Um, so she goes on to say, I want to see if they're willing to share a picture of her. Um, and then she goes on to talk about my father. She says, and I spoke to my uncle Bobby today who confirmed it. He's scared of talking to you. He wants to talk to you. He seems genuinely happy to hear about you, but I think he's afraid you're going to yell at him. Um, but he did ask if he could see a picture of your mom. I know it's weird. He told me he thinks about her all the time and he misses her so much. So that's, that's, that's where we're at. This, so, what do you know of this, this, this sister? What I read you is all wow. I know. Uh, but they're on the, the sun. I told, on I told her, can I call you tomorrow? Cause I'm just in the middle of something and we could talk. She Yo. Said, yes, absolutely. So, so you have a sister. I mean, that sister is what fifty-five years old. Fifty-five, yeah. Fifty-five-year-old sister. That obviously means that your mom didn't have a ten-year on-again, off-again relationship. Exactly. They had been. They're probably like sweethearts. Like you know. Well, she said from the beginning that it seemed like my mother and this uncle Bobby were very much in love. But being the time that it was, um, and the fact that he was already married, already had kids, and once she got pregnant with me, I guess for the second time, got pregnant by Uncle Bobby, active Uncle Bobby, um, they decided to part ways. So only a few hours ago, I just found wow. out that I have a full sister. Dude. A full sister that... Is old enough to be your mother. Really crazy, huh? You gotta go to you got you gotta keep documenting the story, man, as it unfolds, you know, for this podcast. Yeah. Fucking 23 and me, huh? So crazy. So this so one of the cousins, I still don't get the full story on the cousins, but one of them joined 23 and me and Ancestry, the one that I'm speaking to now. 
um, in search for her father, I think. Um, and that's how she ended up getting connected with this cousin, this other cousin, oh, was wow. through 23andMe as oh, well. So you went, these people, wow, that's... people back in the days that did these kind of things, giving up kids for adoption, having these secrets, would have never foreseen this technology just oh, being wow, yeah. something you could buy. You could buy 23andMe and Rite Aid now. You yeah. know, I have uh, my my aunt Marianne had a kid when she was 16, and never told anyone that she had a kid, and it all came up to the surface. When her kids, my Aunt Marianne ended up marrying my Uncle Joe, and they were together. They had a couple of kids. Those kids are now in their, you know, late 50s, early 60s, whatever, are into genealogy and all this and that, and did this test before I ever did the test. And as soon as they did their test, they found that they had a half-sister in the database who was this woman named Arlene Silvaki. And she was ad adopted by a Jewish family and they relocated from New York to Florida. And this woman grew up knowing she was adopted and that only the only information about her mother was that her name was Mary and had nothing else to go on and did that test, hoping to get a connection. And then sure enough, she ended up finding out who her mother was only knowing a first name and finding out that she has these other, you know, brother and sister or whatever. Yeah. Holy shit. And then those, those two, those, the children of my Aunt Marianne were shocked. And they went to their mother and said, what is this? You never said you had a kid. And she, you know, obviously was shocked and surprised and admitted it and all that. And, it's just perhaps it was just the way it was in those days. And, you know, now people, you know, freely have sex and there's the morning after pill. There's also less of a stigma and, and having relations without being married. Yep. Uh, abortion. And as stigmatized as abortion is now, it's yeah. far less stigmatized than it was way back then. Yeah. Right. So... There's a lot of this information from our past. You know, my, my grandmother, my grandmother who I, she died in 1987, we always were told that, you know, she was Irish and Italian. But my mom found out at like a wedding, when everybody gets drunk, the truth comes out. And she was, she was talking at this wedding, at, at the reception table, and they're talking about... Uh, they're talking about my grandmother's parents and how my grandmother's father was always away at the circus. And, and, uh, and my mom was like, yeah, did any work for the circus? And they started laughing at it. They say, you don't know, you don't know. And, and she's like, what, what are you talking about? She says, that's what they just used to tell all you kids wow. that he was really locked up in jail instead of in the circus. And one of these times he was locked up, my great grandmother got pregnant and had, was having a, an affair with the Italian butcher. She herself was from Naples and was having an affair with an Italian butcher, had a kid, got pregnant, and then passed that kid off as her husband's kid. Mm, okay. And nobody ever knew. And it was yeah. just about keeping 
family together and, and the identity and the, the respect of that family structure together. And I think there's a lot of that in, in human history. Oh, oh absolutely. In the past. Absolutely. You know, sex, sex is very desirable and people have it yeah. and make, make decisions that they're not always proud of or they try to, you know, try to make it work somehow. Yeah. And we are the product of that. How interesting, though, that Joe thought all this time that he was Irish. There's an Irish last name. I yeah. have an Irish. I have yeah. my mom's maiden last name. Okay. Which is Irish. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm Irish. Because when you're a kid, you're just trying to figure out who the fuck you are. When you're an sure. adult, you're just trying to figure out who the fuck you are. Yeah. And you just try to brush over... Uh, you know, brush off these certain things that make you feel vulnerable and you say, well, well, this is what I am yeah, or, or this Irish, or that. And I realized how fucking not Irish I was when I went to fucking Ireland, hanging out with motherfuckers in Ireland and like, I ain't fucking Irish. You go to fucking Italy, you hang out with motherfuckers that are Italian. You see in them and the way they behave and all that. And you're like, <laughs> I ain't fucking Italian either. I'm definitely fucking American. I am of this place. I behave like I am of this fucking place. Yeah. You know, and I think that though America being this this melting pot of all these mixing mixed cultures and whatnot, we latch on to these identities. And these stereotypes become a big influencer as to who we are. So Carrie grew up with an Italian last name. Ends up I'm Irish. Ends up he's the Irish of him. Oh wow, okay. Carrie is, is for the most part Irish. Yeah. And I am for the most part Italian. <laughs> How fucking funny is that? Your mom's Jewish and dad. Ashkenazi Jewish. Yeah. Which I was 50% That's of my DNA. And then Jewish. it was something like four, uh, 38 or 40% was Irish slash British. Okay. Which I was fucking confused by too. I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know. How you, you know? feeling now, man? Like that was, that's a big... That's a huge thing to learn in the next in the last couple hours. Yeah. Like, what's your what's going through your head right now? Like, it... I don't know. I mean, you know what? I feel like I'm not, especially after finding out this father stuff. I'm definitely not shocked by anything anymore with family stuff. And uh, you know, so I'll tell you, I grew up uh, in also a very dysfunctional uh, household. Uh, my father was very abusive towards myself and my mother. I resented my father for most of my life. I also had a lot of resentment towards my mother for keeping me in that environment. Uh, when I was a kid, it was a very hard uh, way to grow up. Um, knowing, knowing what I know now with this information, I kind of feel bad for everybody. Mm. Um, I don't think it's an excuse or whatever uh, because my father made his decision to stay. But I think that probably going through the years of raising a child who you know is not yours. And as he gets older, he doesn't look any, I never looked like my father. Um, seeing a kid grow up and he doesn't look anything like you is a constant reminder of your wife's, you know, uh, infidelity um, or whatever and, and, and all of that stuff. And then my mother just wanting to do what she thinks is best for, for her kid and, 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 and uh, her family. Um, 
you know, decisions were made that maybe weren't the best, but I think the intention was at least there to correct, to at least correct mistakes that were made. So I don't, you know, a lot of people, my aunt who, who I'm close with, uh, who is, is not, is not my aunt by blood, but, um, you know, when I told her about this, she was very concerned that I would be very angry and resentful towards, uh, towards my mother and my father, particularly my mother. And, uh, a lot of people have asked me that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you know, how do you feel? Are you angry? Are you angry? Don't be angry with your mother, you know, whatever. And, and I'm not, um, you know, people make decisions through life, through, through their lives. And, you know, I, I accept that, you know, um, growing up the way, the way I did made me the person that I am. And, and I, and I do feel fortunate, uh, in many ways. So I, I no longer have, uh, that resentment. I, I do kind of just feel bad for everybody involved, you know, and, and it just is what it is. But this new information is, is with this sister is just like, holy shit, you know, Perhaps, like the plot, the plot just thickens, you know, I, I would assume that she, wow. with her son going out and trying to find out information for her, mm -hmm. that she must have a desire to have a deeper understanding and a connection. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure she's going to want to interact with you yeah i'm open to it absolutely maybe you go to fucking israel bro maybe she comes to brooklyn yo i'm down to go to israel if anyone if you guys want to go let's go go I'm, on i up. went when i was five like my grandparents used to live there but i'm down to go are you jewish yeah yeah okay I'm, i wasn't raised religious at all but yeah culturally you know i didn't right. do bar mitzvah or anything okay yeah another Same dysfunctional here. family totally different story but another right. episode of a different type of family. you got to do a DNA test, bro. Yeah, I we might we I might have a follow one. up uh, follow up in, uh, episode with you. I didn't do twenty three and Me. I did the other one. It was ancestry. Uh, ancestry. Okay. And it was kind of it wasn't that interesting. So what do we think about all this? What you know, hearing hearing these sort of experiences and whatnot. What does that say? What does that say about human beings and relationships and sex and family and all that kind of stuff what is, what is, what does it say there i feel yeah I, there's so many different kind of topics that we kind of you know kind of touched on and 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 different responses that i thought about i mean i think well a few different interesting things i mean one thing is um let me think for a second well, yeah, it kind of tells the story of like, the human experience, you know, just, yeah, we're these, we're the, are we these animals on this planet or are we these more like sentient beings with a whole deeper meaning in our, for our lives? Like these these beings of energy where there's, you know, through the DM might have experienced the DMT or through other spiritual things like, or are we just animals that are just fucking on this planet and making, or, or maybe there's Why maybe not both? neither. Maybe it's both. You know what I mean? It's all, like, of it. it's all of it, you know? So when you, you found out the, the information right before we sat down to do DMT, did, did any of what you experienced on DMT have anything to do with this sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, so it's interesting with DMT. And I think you had even mentioned this and I know that Cara and I had read about this. Cara's uh, uh, his girlfriend. Is my girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, that you get so much information 
so many things happen while you're on the DMT that you end up kind of forgetting it as soon as you come out and then you can start to remember things as as time passes you know you know maybe like two weeks after doing it or three weeks after doing it I started to kind of remember things that I did see or experience on it and something that uh, I had remembered and part of this I had shared with you but there was a part of it that I didn't even remember until a few weeks later was on the first trip the first time we did it um, I had I had ended up in, in a in a in this dark space that had it almost looked like escalator stairs just moving sideways like this and it was very graphic looking it, it didn't look real it looked very three-dimensional, but it looked very graphic. Was it in color or, or? It was in color. It was in tones of like, like warm earth tones, like like uh, yellows, yellowish oranges and browns. And then what I, I had remembered that when I came out, but what I didn't remember was there was a figure on it, like on these shapes moving with it that kept repeating. And it was a figure that was kind of like this. And it was also very graphic. But like side profile? Like a side profile kind of, but it looked kind of Egyptian, but kind of not at the same time. Um, and it was just very, it didn't, there were no facial features on it or anything like that. It was just very graphic and almost looked like cell shading. Um, and the energy of it was uh, like a fatherly energy. And I remember going into that to that DMT trip and and making the the maybe amateur mistake of of similar to how you went in the first time of just over analyzing or or trying to understand too hard, um, like what does this mean? What what is that? What, what you know? I'm looking and I'm like you know what is this? You know what, what is this uh, figure? What is this? It seems like a father figure, and it's like it's fading so these stairs are kind of going into the distance like they're it's shrinking down like this in perspective and afterwards like three weeks later when, when i had remembered that um in, in greater detail it felt like um something was telling me um it's time to say goodbye to this to this energy and this figure so i think mm -hmm. i think that it might have had like you said, it was sh we we did the DMT shortly after I found all of this stuff out about my father, and I think that maybe the DMT was telling me that I had to let go of these uh, resentful feelings or whatever uh, towards my father—not my biological father, but the father that raised me. Um, so I think that was something that was there uh, from that, and then I, I had other experiences on DMT that weren't related to that, but. Um, but that was something that was that was there. That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah I think that there's like some core themes that popped up in both of your you got your guys' trips. Like there's like it seems like there really are. You know, sometimes I think about are yeah are we just like ants on this planet? Are we just is it is everything just meaningless? You know, just chaos and and you know if you kill somebody on the street it doesn't matter if you fucking do anything it doesn't actually matter. But it seems like you know, these trips and these experiences kind of say the opposite, that there are like core values, like love, 
and forgiveness and you know and well to ants the ants world matter matter to the ants right yeah so it's you see it with the dynamic of ants if you ever studied ants or when you were younger maybe like squash one and see how the others react you'll see them trying to save and carry the other the other ones yeah, to I'm safety that sure. they they're, they're a lot yeah. more sophisticated than we give them credit for oh they're very sophisticated You're right. yeah but it seems like yeah there are these uh these themes that are even that even pop up in you know religion just you know what the purity of just being good to other people and and and, and love and acceptance and forgiveness and and it seems like that there really are these like concrete ideas that or concrete emotions that we kind of need to pay more attention to rather than the like the, the trip that you know the, the experience you had where you know where it brought up ideas of maybe chasing money chasing fame chasing you know certain things that that are maybe that our society kind of pushes us towards and the way we've been raised that these things are important. These things aren't so much important. When maybe it's the opposite. Yeah. You know. Well, validation, experience. You know, I think it's just simple. If you wanna, if you wanna try to figure out where you stand in this world, just see your life as an experience. You know, a better life is an experienced life. So go out and do some things that you haven't done before. Go put yourself in situations where you're a little bit uncomfortable. Be vulnerable, be open to whatever comes in front of you. You know, uh, don't marry yourself to routine and don't ever think that you have it all figured out because you'll never have any of this shit figured out. Right, Elliot? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, thank you for listening to this. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing guys. Yeah. Stories really really powerful, really interesting, really insightful. And it's like, it was a trip for me just hearing your guys' story. So I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Really interesting. And, you know, Carrie found out while shooting this podcast that he has an older sister that's 55 years old. And, you know, maybe, maybe that will be more fruitful, you know? And uh, the one thing that I said to my relatives when I met them, I, like I said, I've been making an effort to spend time and get to know these people. And I'm coming to them very resolved. I don't need a single thing from these people other than their time and a desire to hang out together. I said to them, they came, they came to an artist talk. They, they came and saw my work up at a show in New York and they listened to me talk about my art and stuff like that. And then afterward I said to them, I said, uh, uh, being related is circumstantial. Uh, being family, it's it's something that you know you create that it requires energy. Yeah. You know, and I said that uh, that I have a desire to be family with them. You know, uh, that it doesn't just have to be like, okay, I know where I come from, and that's it. Yeah. So, I have a desire. They have a desire. We're hanging out with each other. I'm being bombarded with relatives and all this stuff and I'll meet people and I'll forget their names, this, that, and the other. But I think it's positive, you know. Uh, I think it, it, it fills some of the gaps going on in, around them and it does the same for me.
That's awesome. That's great. And I hope it does that for you. You know, uh, well, like I said, I said to, you know, a few people that, that, like I said, people did express concern for me about how I was going to take all of this. I, I think that nothing where I'm at with myself in my life right now, this cannot negatively affect me. It can only either not affect me or positively affect me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm certainly open to, open to it being po a positive thing. So we'll see. You know, tune into the next episode. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad fucking Ben Buttons ain't around because I would have loved to fucking tell this story to his ass. Yeah. Ben well, Buttons. we hope Ben Buttons is all right. That's, I don't know that's where all I'm ben hoping. Is. You know what? If Ben Buttons is okay, I'm going to be really mad at <laughs> him. Yeah, what the fuck, man? But anyway, motherfucker, fly, jump ship. Fly out of line podcast. If you want to look at any old episodes where we were bumbling around trying to figure out how to fucking do this, flyoutofline.com. Mm -hmm. On Instagram at flyoutofline. Uh, thank you. <laughs>